Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. We are a Christian, Protestant, non-denominational church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America, and whatever time it happens to be where you are. And we meet on Sundays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. In Jesus' holy name, I want to thank you for joining us. And I want to welcome all of our first-time listeners. We want to invite you to join us in our chat room. And our chat room is located on our webpage. Our webpage is www.com. MiracleInternetChurch.com That's MiracleInternetChurch.com When the page comes up, uh, you'll notice across the banner, MIC Radio Chat. Click that link. When the page changes, click Guest. And then sign in with your name. Amen? And say hello to the saints, and all the saints will say hello to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. We want to thank the Lord for that. If you're on an Android cellular device or an iPhone, you may use your browser to locate uh, MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up, there'll be three white lines across a black background. Uh, Click the three white lines. Amen? Click the three white lines. That's your link, and it will open up all the other links to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, I know that everyone's excited about the upcoming fast. Yes, I know you're excited because I'm excited. And that fast will be March 20th at 12.01 a.m. your time zone through March 31st. At midnight, your time zone. Amen? Amen. So, I thought maybe tonight I would let you know about the dietary part of the fast. So, for those of you who are ready with your ink pen or whatever it is you use when I start telling you these things, 
I'll tell you what's on the fast far as food is concerned. Holy Communion, water, fruit juice, 100% fruit juice, not drink, juice. Any fruit, if it's a fruit, you may have it on the fast. Any vegetable, French fries are not allowed. Any vegetable, but French fries are not allowed. Soup, soup is allowed, soup of your pleasure. However, no beef, no pork, and no game. No beef, no pork, and no game. And no smoking or vaping. Amen? And that's it. Very simple. Not hard to remember. Very similar to what we've done before, so there's not a lot of changing going on. So that's the dietary part. And the other parts I will give you later. Amen? So now you know when the fast is and you know about the dietary part. Praise the Lord. If you have any questions, then you should ask Pastor. Amen? Um, at her email. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And that's a GP room. Um, Amen? Praise the Lord. Very simple, not hard to follow, very much like what we've done before. So everybody should ease right into this. Amen? Everyone should just ease right into this fast. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, uh, I believe it's time before I forget to say something else that I'm supposed to tell you. <laughs> it's time for us to go before the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen. I'm looking forward to this fast for many different reasons. And I hope that you've been talking to the Lord about things that um, that you want dealt with on this fast. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for this opportunity to seek you corporately. We want to thank you, Lord, for the preparation that you're doing in each of our lives to prepare us for what you have for us. We know that as we seek you, Lord, that we will have a greater expression of freedom and more grace than we have ever experienced before. We thank you for the love, for the mercy, for the justice that will be released in our lives. We want to thank you for every plan that you have for this fast, Father, because we know that you do have them. We ask that you keep us, keep us focused, keep us attentive, keep us continually seeking you and listening to you, and hearkening to your voice. Keep us in obedience, Father. 
Give us the strength that we need. Release the grace that we need. And help us, Lord, to come to the place of faith that you're desiring for us to receive. We want to thank you for faith. We want to thank you for strength. We want to thank you for the mercy and every blessing that you have for us and for those that we love. We want to thank you, Father, for the things that you're going to do as you release your adjudication for the prayer request that we have submitted to your throne. We want to thank you for what we will see happening in the earth. We want to thank you, Lord, for the intervention that we have seen thus far. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it, Father. We thank you for continual uncovering of things that have been done, Lord, things that have been hidden for years, things that people think they have buried, but their sin will surely find them out. We want to thank you for that, Lord. We want to thank you for that, that the truth will come to the surface. The truth will finally be fully uncovered. The truth of what has happened and what has been done and all the manipulations and all the witchcraft and all the wickedness and evil, along with the good that has been accomplished, all of these things will come to light. They will no longer be hidden, but they will be plain and open for everyone to see. You know, Lord, you said in the word that what was said in in dark places, what was said in private would be shouted from the rooftop. So we want to thank you, Lord, that everything that has happened, that people don't even know or realize has happened, will be brought forward, Lord. It won't be in the shadows any longer, but it will be under the scrutiny of the light of God. We thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We worship you. We pray for others, Lord, as they're coming up on the broadcast tonight. We plead the blood of Jesus over everyone, Lord. We ask, Lord, that your angels go forth And bring everyone together, Lord, that we might all hear the word of God that you have for us. Our hearts are open to receive, and we want to obey you, Lord. So we thank you for the grace to fast. We thank you for the grace to continually seek you. We thank you for the grace to change. We thank you for your ever helpful assistance and mercy in our lives. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it all, Father, in Jesus' holy name. We are your sheep and the people of your pasture, Lord. And you desire for us to become the persons, the saints, that you desired for us to be when you sent us into the earth. We thank you, Lord, that this fast will be one more step in that direction. One more step in the direction of what you have always desired to see in our lives. We seek to please you, Father, to please you with our lives. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Lord, for your provision for our lives. 
We want to thank you, Lord, for knowledge that we need for everyday living that we don't have right now, that by the end of the fast, we will have it. We thank you for the knowledge that we need for everyday living in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you are our shepherd and we shall not want, not for knowledge, not for power, not for understanding, not for many things, because you are our provider. And you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. We want to thank you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Amen. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. And we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for instructing us to cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. So we trust you, Lord, with the things that we care about the most and the least. The things we care about the most and the least. We want to thank you, Lord, that you've taken these burdens because our shoulders aren't broad enough to carry all that. And they aren't designed to carry it either. We thank you, Father, for those that you bring alongside us to help us, to assist us, and to support us, Lord. Bless them so that they will be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name, we give you praise, Lord. We want to thank you for the joy of the Lord, because your joy, Lord, is truly our strength. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We forgive all such that should be forgiven, Father. And no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. We want to thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus covering us. We want to thank you for the wall of fire surrounding us with your glory in the midst, your warring linking angels, your praising angels, your ministering angels. Thank you, Father. And thank you for your very presence in our midst. Amen? Thank you for your very presence in our midst. Father, in times of frustration, help us to remember to take a step back and to cast our care upon you. When things get to be annoying, and they will be, help us to remember, Lord, that that's the moment to take a step back and to praise the Lord. That's the time to lift our hands and say hallelujah. We want to thank you for your intervention, Lord. We want to thank you for your intervention. And, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, And we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous in the name of Jesus. The territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. 
We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness and placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks unto the heads of the devil. Thank you. That bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, all reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, electronic, digital demons, technology demons and their attacks, all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attack, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind you all in the name of Jesus, and we return these attacks back on the heads of the devils that bring them in the name of Jesus. We bind all Leviathan spirits and their attacks, Kundalini spirits and their attacks, water and marine spirits and their attacks, all sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, sorcery devils and their attacks, seducing, womanizing, drone and whoredom spirits and their attacks. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in the name of Jesus. We bind all the voices of the stranger and their attacks and the charmers and seducers and their attacks. All hypnotic and trance devils, we bind your attacks in Jesus' name. All mystic rituals and their intent, we're binding all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and all their components, everything coming off the satellite, off the cell towers, EMF attacks in the name of Jesus Christ, targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, and debilitating sonic frequency attacks. And the work of every druid, we return it to the sender in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord, for that. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent, all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks. We return it to them in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord for giving us power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Caribbean, Latin American, Jamaican, black and white magic, also that of native persons, indigenous persons, and all other cultural groups in Jesus' holy name. We want to thank you. We bind Orekise, all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing minds, and hyperactivity in Jesus' name. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog, and we bind every abomination that has been committed in Jesus' name. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedications. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders and their webs. 
trapping them into their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting, the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We thank you, Father, because you are the great I am. We want to thank you, Father, because you are the great I am. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, corrupt, divide, undermine, confound, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right. Ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projections, sending demons to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, no unrighteous event left behind. In Jesus' holy name, we bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order and New Age Movement, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, make-believe fantasy and la-la land, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, and the king of pride. We bind you and your kingdom in Jesus' name. We bind premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, biopsy, K out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptations to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Basilek, Molech, Python, Baphomet, and his 72, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Mammon, Atlas, all gods and goddesses in Jesus' holy name. And we chain them with eternal chains unto darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft, and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions, and we return and loose 
all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, ceremony, rite, and proclamation. We bind the work of the Demolay and all associated organizations in the name of Jesus. We bind all of their powers in the name of Jesus Christ, and we transfer them back to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy on his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the works of Mardi Gras in Jesus' holy name. All of those things that are familiar with Mardi Gras that are sin. We take authority, dominion, and power over them in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind their powers and their works in Jesus' holy name. Those things are still lingering in the spiritual atmosphere. Return to sender in the name of Jesus Christ. Return to sender in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, witchcraft, and mind control back on their own heads in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power. Over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief and accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. We, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, but in particular those Christians that are being persecuted in Jesus' name. Father, be to them all that they need. We thank you for it. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. For that we are grateful. Amen. We are grateful. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, and we return it from whence it came, according to the covenant in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all of the form of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down walls of protection around the demonic realm, shamans, nanobots, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and such. We break the power of every vex, love spell, hex, and curse, every design, all charms and fetishes, all spells, psychic thoughts, psychic prayers, sorcery, magic, voodoo, all mind control, death, bewitchment, potions, jinxes, sickness, pain, and torment, all psychic warfare and psychic powers, all destruction, prayer chains, all incantations, ungodly blessings, chantings, crystals, hoodoo, root works, tribal rituals, and sins, and all forms of witchcraft. And we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We bind spirits of bondage, heaviness, fear, and hate. And we thank you, Lord, for opening up our hearts so that we can hear your voice and breaking the yokes in our lives and give us liberty in our souls, that we may be free to repent. Show us, Lord, every evil work, every evil deed that we're guilty of, Lord Jesus, and convict our hearts unto repentance. We ask you to bring us out of darkness and to save our souls so that you may have the glory. We bind all interference in the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Amen. And the church said amen. Well, saints, the Lord has a lot to say to us tonight, and many of us probably need to take some serious notes. Some of us probably need to take some very serious notes. Because healing is not just physical. Healing is spiritual as well. There's a spiritual component. There's a physical component. There's a soulish component. So you see, you say, well, I've done everything. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm believing. So on and so forth. Well, I have no doubt that you are. However, I'm waiting on the technology to catch up with me here. For some reason, there we go. That's better. Um, And for some reason, it, it, it just hasn't happened yet. Well, we're going to talk about some things tonight, and I think the Lord has some help for everyone. Amen? Faith to be healed. Faith to be healed. Our featured psalm is Psalm 7. And our verse for meditation comes from the book of Jude, verse 20. The book of Jude, verse, our featured ebook is Awakening the Sleeping Giant. Awakening the Sleeping Giant. Now, I have a word of correction, and it does not apply to everyone. It is specific for parties that it applies to, all right? So here is the word of correction. 
and it's um, primarily targeted towards uh, males, particularly single males. If you are pursuing a young lady, hopefully it's a young lady and not a not another male. If you are pursuing a young lady and she is not interested in your advances, it would be to your benefit to drop it. I'll say that again. If you are pursuing a young lady and she has indicated to you that she is not interested in your advances. As your pastor, I'm giving you a word of correction. Drop it. Go away. Don't contact her anymore and leave her alone. Amen? And that's the word of the Lord. You see, God watches over everything that we do. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. And this does not apply to every human being that will ever listen to this, but it applies to some. And if it applies to you, receive it in Jesus' name. If you've been pursuing a young lady and she has made it clear to you that she is not interested in your advances, I'm going to tell you now to drop it, stop it, and leave her alone. Amen? Amen. I don't think it can get any plainer than that. Praise God. So our guest call-in number is area code 319-527-635 and press 1. Area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. So, um, the Lord wants to talk to us tonight about faith to be healed. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, the word of God says, who his own self bear our sins, In his own body on the tree That we being dead to sin Should live unto righteousness By whose stripes ye were healed By whose stripes ye were healed Well, saints, God will heal you He will heal you He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be healed. That's his desire. Jesus Christ took stripes so that we could be healed. Amen? So if the question in your mind is, does God really want to heal me? The answer is yes. God really does want to heal you, whatever you need to be healed of. Some people need to be healed of a broken heart, and God heals that. As well So saints God promises In the scriptures That this is indeed His truth In Exodus chapter 15 Exodus chapter 15 Verse 26 
Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And the word of God says to us, If thou wilt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So the healing that we need, for whatever reason we may need it, comes from the Lord. That's where it's found. It's found in the Lord himself. Every healing for every situation that we will ever need, the answer to our healing is found in the Lord himself. Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatics, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. So it didn't matter what they had, he healed it. Whatever it is, he's still healing. God is still in the healing business. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. And he healed them all. Amen? He healed them all. Every single one of them. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is still healing people. If you need to be healed, well, he has a word for you tonight. Luke chapter 6, verse 19. Luke chapter 6, verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Well, what virtue? That's the power of God. That's the power of God. When they sought to touch him because the power of God went out of him and healed them all. We must all come to understand that when Jesus gave his life on Calvary, he opened the life gate of healing provision to all who would believe him, to all who would believe him? In the Gospel of John, chapter 19, 
the Gospel of John, chapter 19, beginning with verse 28. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 19, beginning with verse 28. Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now, there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So when Jesus was on the cross, this is where this scripture comes from, that that part of scripture. He knew that things were now accomplished because the scriptures had now been fulfilled. And so once he had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Well, what did he mean, it is finished? Well, first of all, he meant it. Everything that he needed to do to open the floodgate of healing, deliverance, forgiveness, salvation, and whatever else we might need, he'd taken care of it. It was a done deal. Question isn't whether God wants to heal you or whether provision has been made for you to be healed. That's not the question. The question is now on your side of the table. Everything that needed to be done to ensure the full blessings of the Father for generations to come had been accomplished. So the power of God for any of us to be healed has already been released. Now, We must choose to receive it. We must choose to open ourselves to the gospel, to the Lord, to the word, to the Holy Spirit, and receive the healing that he purchased for us. Many people do not know how to receive from the Lord. We receive from the Lord in reverence for him, honoring him for who he is. We must honor him for who he is. Amen. Now, bind that thing in Jesus' name. Honoring him for who he is. Some people just figure they can live any kind of life they want and show up and Well, God just ought to do everything for them because they are a nice person. Well, not quite that way. We must honor him for who he is. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35, unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God, and there is none else beside him. And when we come to this understanding 
then we will cease to run all over the world and every place that we can go to do all of these um, alternative treatments, I'll call them, that actually are based in sin. They are ungodly. Some of them are in world religions. Some of them are just outright witchcraft. But, you know, people do what they do to make money off of you, to make merchandise off of you. They will take advantage of you. But you must understand that the Lord created you, spirit, soul, and body. And no one knows you like your creator. If something broke, you need to take it back to the one who manufactured it. Amen? So the scripture says, Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. There is no other true and living God besides our God. So, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, there is none holy as the Lord. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Neither is there any rock like our God. Amen? So if you're looking to go someplace where they use crystals and rocks and all kinds of foolishness, claiming that it will heal this, that, this, that, and this, that, and this, that, or the other, perhaps you should check in with your God to see if he actually approves of your plan, lest you find yourself enrolled in witchcraft. Amen? Amen. You know, some of these treatments that modern medicine uh, puts forth are actually not in agreement with the Lord. That's right. I'll give you... um, All right, I won't give that one. But there, any treatment, you go to the doctor and he tells you, well, we can do this, we can do this, and we can do that. You need to take that, what they said they want to do, to the throne of God immediately. And you need to ask the Lord, Lord, is this right with you? Is this holiness? Is this righteousness? Does this offend you? They want to do this in your body and this with certain parts of your body. You need to go talk to Jesus, and you need to be open to receive what he has to say. He might want to tell you that he is opposed to that procedure. He might want to tell you that that is an abomination to him. Some things they come up with are just downright abomination. So before you jump into some um, procedure or technique 
or plan that they have, talk it over with Jesus. Amen? Amen. I would highly recommend that. It will save you years of deliverance. Amen? Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 22. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 22. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. There is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. That's the truth. You know, I was talking to a friend once, and she was wanting to take her husband to get uh, all of his memories, painful memories erased. And I told her that that was not something that she should consider. I told her, first of all, that the memories of the righteous are blessed. And if you go around erasing all of people's painful memories, they're going to miss places where God moved in their lives. They're also going to miss places where conviction should come. And she didn't need to go around tampering with his memories. Well, I don't want his feelings to be hurt. I said, yes, but you're not his God either. You're not his creator, and you're not the person to make that determination. Amen? See, it's important to stay in your own lane. It's important to stay in your own lane. Amen? Let God be God to being you. Isaiah Chapter 45, verse 5. Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. That's what God is saying. He says, I'm the Lord. There isn't anybody else. There's no there's nobody else to run to, all right? No need for you to try that because there there's no place to go. There is no God beside me. There's no other God. You know Satan's a fraud, so don't yield to him. Amen? Don't yield to them. We receive from the Lord by earnestly... Believing his word Now I want to talk about this for just a moment What it means to earnestly believe his word It is not what some Christians think it is Some Christians think that mental assent Okay, I accept that Is believing the word of God I have news for you That is not the truth You know, like saying, okay That's a chair. I believe it's a chair. No, dear. That's not believing the word of God. The word of God has to pass through your mind gate. You have to open your mind to receive it, first of all. Then you have to make the choice to believe it. 
And that believing can't be, um, okay, I believe that. I believe it's a chair. I believe it's on the floor. No, it can't be like that. It's got to go down deep in your innermost being. You are, you've heard me say that you've got to know in your knower. You've got to know that you know that you know that you know that you know. It has to go deep within you. That word has to become a part of you before you can say, I believe that. Because when you believe something, you are prepared to act as though that word is the truth. It changes your thought pattern. It changes your perspective. It changes your behavior. It changes what comes out of your mouth. It changes your expectation from the Lord. It's not just, okay, I believe it's going to rain in a few minutes. No, it's not like that. It's far more. And so some people think that they can come to the Lord with that surface sort of the results that they may well need. But that's not how this works. You have to be fully persuaded of the word of God deep down within you. Amen? In Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, beginning with verse 5, This is where Abraham had to get it going with the Lord. Verse 5, and he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord. Highlight that phrase. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham believed in the character, in the nature of the Lord. And the Lord counted it toward Abraham for righteousness. He says, okay, you believe in me, you now have right standing with me. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. So you see, it's not a surface kind of believing. Exodus chapter 19, verse 9. Exodus chapter 19, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee. See, Moses had been telling them the whole time that the Lord told him this, the Lord told him that, the Lord told him the other. But God knew what kind of people those were. Amen? They had to see it for themselves. People may hear when I speak with you 
and believe thee forever. You know, some people, they've got to experience it before they'll believe anything. Some people, you can tell them, this is a grapefruit, and they will believe you. Other people, you're going to have to peel that thing and supreme it, and they're going to have to taste it, swallow it, and eat it and say, okay, this is a grapefruit. You know? That's the way it is with people. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Hear me. O Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So the Lord is saying you need to believe in him. You need to believe in him. You need to believe his word to you through his prophets. Thereby your prosperity shall come. Amen? Psalm 27, verse 13. Psalm 27, verse 13. I had fainted. I had given up, thrown my hands up, walked away. Unless I had believed. That's what kept him from giving up. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not in the sweet by and by, no, right here, right here on earth, I would have given up entirely, except I was believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what kept me from failing. That's what kept me from fainting. That's what kept me from giving up. That's important. Psalm 119, verse 66. Psalm 119, verse 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. For I have believed thy commandment. So you see, we are told here that we've got to believe the scriptures. We have to believe the scriptures. We must believe the scriptures. And nobody can make you believe. You have to choose to do that. You have to choose to do it. It's a choice that you make. It's a decision that you make. You decide to believe. You see, God has given to every man the measure of faith needed to believe him. You've got to decide if you're going to use it as God intended. And no one can do it for you. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion 
for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. He said, what does that mean? He that believeth shall not be made ashamed. That's what that means. The Father said, I laid in Zion a foundation, a stone, a precious cornerstone, Jesus Christ, a sure foundation, Jesus Christ. He that believeth shall not be made ashamed. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he, and understand. Stand that I am he. Before me there was no God form, neither shall there be after me. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. Whom hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who believes what God is saying about Jesus Christ? Who believes the Father and his testimony about Jesus Christ and why he sent him and who he is and the power and authority that he has and what he has done on Calvary for us? And what has been accomplished there? Who has believed that? And to whom is the power of the Lord revealed? Who's seen his power? Who's experienced his power? Who knows anything about his power at work? Well, if you've ever had one demon cast out, you can say, I have. If you've ever been born again, born from above, you can say, I have. If the Lord's done anything for you at all, you can say, I have. Believing in the character and nature of our God and in his word is paramount in order to receive from God. If you plan to receive from God, you must needs be believe him. You must believe in his character and nature. You must believe who he is, who he says he is. You must believe his holy word. There's no getting around it. There is no getting around it. You must ask yourself, are you in obedience? Call yourself by your name. Say your name is Gloria. Gloria, are you in obedience? You must ask yourself and the Lord for the truth of the answer. The answer 
does not rely on your opinion, but rather the answer of the Lord is the last word. The answer of the Lord is the last word in that matter. You must have tension of good from the Lord. Some people have had very hard lives with a lot of sorrow, a lot of grief, and a lot of suffering to the point that their minds are dulled to the goodness of our God. They've gone through so much, so much pain, so much rejection, so much hurt, that they find it hard to believe that God really wants to do anything for them. Amen? They might desire it, but they don't yet have the strength to believe. But you see, if they attempt to believe him, if they make an effort, God will meet them where they are. He's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. He will come to them and he will assist them if they will allow him to. If there's an if, they have to choose to allow him to help them. You know, some people don't want to ask anybody for help. They figure they can handle everything on their own. They've been making it through life, so they think, on their own. They've struggled through every single thing on their own, so they think. And they just don't want to ask anybody help. anybody's help. They don't want to be beholden to anyone. But you see, when it comes to God, you got to drop all that. you got to drop it. you got to drop it like it's hot. you got to get rid of that. God requires some humility. First, we must acknowledge, reverence, and honor him for who he really is. And we must truly see our need for him. Then we must choose to act on it. Yes, we must. You must have an expectation of good from the Lord. And some people, it takes them a while just to come to this place where they have a solid expectation of good from the Lord. Depression, unbelief, and doubt are serious hindrances to receiving the healing of the Lord. They have to overcome the stockpile of memory that brings up the old pain, the old grievances, the old baggage. They've got to overcome all of that just to believe that God would want to do something good for them. We pray for those, Father, that are in such a situation, and we ask for your mercy, your steadfast mercy toward them, Lord. Help them to gain faith and strengthen you in Jesus' name. So, do you really want to be healed? 
That's a legitimate question. Do you really want to be healed? Some do and some do not. Many want to continue to receive the proverbial check in the mail from the insurance company. So they are not too ready to be healed. You know, some people, you know, when a calamity comes, for whatever reason, they get comfortable with that check coming every month in the mail. And they come to the point that they don't want to do anything that will hinder the flow of that check. So when you ask them, would you like me to pray for you to be healed, They'll tell you, yeah, you can pray if you want to. But they don't really want to be healed. They want to continue to receive the check. And that's just the truth of the matter. I ought to know. Amen? That's just the truth of the matter. Some people prefer disability, can hide behind it, and receive preferential treatment. That means the, everybody else in their sphere of influence will make exceptions and changes and this and that and this and the other just for them because they have this problem. All right? They don't want to do what it takes to overcome. So, don't forget, saints, that you can't fool God. No, you can't fool him. He knows what's really going on. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Everything and everybody is on display in his sight. The squirrel that's in your backyard, he can see. And he can see your heart and your thoughts at the same time. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He doesn't miss a thing. He doesn't miss a thing. First Chronicles. 28, 1 Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 9. 1 Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart, and with a willing mind. All right, there it is. Our hearts must be perfect with the Lord, and we must have a willing mind to follow the Lord as he takes us on our process, our journey for healing. We can't be stubborn and and hard-headed and stiff-necked and all of that other. We can't be withdrawing from God. We can't be go up to a certain place with him and then say, well, now I don't want to believe that. We can't do that. We've got to be in it for the long haul. 
For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. If you go looking for him, you're going to find him. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Amen. Are you steadfast in your expectation from the Lord? Are you? Or do you waver? Are you steadfast or do you waver? Well, in James chapter 1, the Lord talks to us about this. In James chapter 1, beginning with verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. When ye fall into situations that are strange, peculiar, Many times undesirable. When these things happen to you, when these difficulties come into your life, count it all joy. Instruction number one, be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. When your money gets funny, count it all joy. That's what it says. Knowing this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, which you must have. The trying of your faith, the exercising of your faith, the stretching of your faith, the growing of your faith worketh patience. You see, this is a process. It's a process. When the way gets rough, then we need to be happy. We need to be joyful. That's right. We need to be cheerful. But let patience have her perfect. Patience is active. Patience works things out. Patience will uncover your weaknesses. That's right. Patience will uncover your weaknesses. Why? That you might present them to the Lord. That you all might work on those things. You said, but this this thing that was uncovered doesn't have anything to do with being healed. God thinks it does. It's like saying, if I stump my toe, that doesn't have anything to do with my ear. Well, I have you to know that your toe is connected to your ear. You're one body. 
You, all of you is connected to all of you. You don't have your toe off on the coffee table by itself somewhere, and the rest of you is someplace else. It doesn't work that way. You're all connected. If you're someplace else, so is your toe. And these areas that the Lord allows to become uncovered, he wants to work on them. And he's going to, but you have to allow him to. Let patience have her perfect work. She's got a perfect work. You have to be perfected. It's the perfecting of the saints. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Don't try to squirm out of everything. Your patience has to grow. You can't stay at the same level your entire Christian life. You must needs be grow. Failure to thrive and grow is often referred to as retardation. God doesn't believe in having retarded children, and you shouldn't either. So, when patience comes to full fruition, think about it just like this huge rose that finally opens up and this beautiful fragrance wafts in the air. That's what it's like to God, something desirable and beautiful and wonderful and a blessing, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, you don't know what to do, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He didn't say, well, you know, you should have known that. No, he just gives you what you need. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Over here one moment, over there the next. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's unstable. He's unstable. No, he's not steadfast because he's not even stable. Amen? He's not stable. You see, if you don't know what to do, we've trained you and taught you to have a close relationship with your heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They live in you. You can ask them anytime. Anytime, day or night, you can ask a question. God does not go to sleep, ever. So, this passage explains much to us. First, we are to be joyful in the face of our situation. This may seem ridiculous to some, but God is serious about this. You can't go around with a woe-is-me face. It just isn't going to work. Secondly, we are to understand that this is an opportunity 
for our patience? Well, why do we need so much faith and patience? Because it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises of God. That's how you get the good. So allow for the process. Allow for the process. So don't try to take your idea of the easy way out. Don't do it that way. Allow God to grow you up. Allow him to grow you up. God is not upset because you don't know the answer. He'll be happy to share the answer with you. However, when you ask him, okay, this is what he's going to say. All right, yes, sir. The dream protocol, let's talk about that for just a moment. We teach you that whatever the vision or whatever the dream You're to ask the Lord if he sent the dream or not. And some of you sit there with the wrong attitude. Well, I don't ever hear from the Lord when I I ask him. It's because you've got the wrong attitude. That's the wrong attitude. You see? You have to be certain when you ask him that you really expect him to tell you. Because if you're sitting there with a doubtful mind, you'll be unsettled, just like he talks about the wave of the sea. You're not sure this and you're not sure that, and you've got uncertainty everywhere. And so every decision that you'll make will be uncertain. You turn this way, then you turn that way. So if you don't ask him that question in faith, you may not get an answer. You have to be in faith when you ask the question. And some of you are not. Some of you like, oh, let's get this over with. Well, that's not the right attitude. Amen? That's not the right attitude. Go back and review your attitude with that. You might have an answer for why you don't have an answer. Amen. Allow God to grow you up so that you can be stronger than before. Thirdly, if you don't know what to do, one more time, church, ask God. Some of us have these great and wonderful insurance policies. So we do So we do not execute Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. See, we got a back door to use. So we're not not going out there dealing with God with Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, no matter how much pastor talks about it, because we got a back door. And it's a lot easier to use the back door, so we're just going to use the back door, and that's all we're going to do, and that's that. We just plow right into the doctor without actually seeking the Lord for his wisdom for you. The scriptures tell us to seek first the kingdom of God. First, F-I-R-S-T, seek ye first 
the kingdom of God. The Lord should never be your second opinion. That means if he's your second opinion, that you have an idol. That's what that means. And there are scriptures that say that if you have an idol in your heart, he'll answer you according to your idol. Why? Because you are not reverencing him and honoring him for who he really is. I wouldn't want that to happen to me if I were you. Amen? Amen. Some of us are too impatient or too proud to do things God's way. So those persons head straight to the medical community to get a pill that should fix everything. That's where their mind is. I'm going to get me a pill, and it's going to change this and change that. It's going to be the answer pill. I've got news for you. Life just isn't that simple. Amen? And if you do that every single time, you will not develop your faith the way you should. If every time you get a headache, the first thing you do is reach for the Tylenol, you're not reaching for your anointing oil to anoint yourself and pray. You're not doing that. No, 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 no. Anointing oil? Oh, no, you're not doing that. You're reaching for Tylenol. How is your faith supposed to grow? You have to take advantage of every opportunity for your faith to grow. And at first, you're going to be successful in some things and maybe not quite so successful at others, but keep at it. you got to get stronger. You got to go further with the Lord. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't be such a suchy much and a know it all. But I got on the Internet, and WebMD said to do blah, 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 blah. And I looked at all of these, these things, and it sounds like what I have. Church, can we mature past that place? Can we go to God first? Can we make that choice? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil from evil. He didn't say depart from your own opinion. He said he calls it evil when you do that. When you put something ahead of him. Evil. E V I L. Amen. Praise the Lord. Fourthly, we are to be in faith when we ask the Lord to heal us. That's right. Yes, you need to ask. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Amen? 
Yes, you need to ask him. Yes. He desires to bless us. Ask. Some of you have not because you ask not. Amen. Amen, it's so. You can say ouch if you like. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 51. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Jesus said, "What, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Do you know how important that is? Some of us never tell the Lord what we want. We just assume, well, he knows anyway, and either he's going to do it or not. No, it doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. See how the man said, Lord, he honored him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He was extremely specific. He didn't tell him this long story about he was walking down the street one day and the children were up in the tree bouncing on the limb and all of a sudden the limb came and hit him in the head and he fell down and when he got up he couldn't he didn't go through all that. He got right to the point. Prayer with supplication, specific request, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Wow. See how important faith is? And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. That meant he became a disciple right then, right there on the spot. He surrendered once and for all right then. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, when you're praying, believe that you receive them. He didn't say believe that you receive them later on. It doesn't say that. It says when you open your mouth to pray, you have to be believing that you'll receive it right then. The belief must be there when you pray. And you shall have them. It didn't say pray and then later on come to believe. Nope. When you open your mouth to pray, have the belief ready. You got to present it. When you come with the prayer Amen Amen Praise the Lord Passive And apathetic saints Do not receive From the power of God You know we talked about being passive Not too long ago Well you can't be apathetic either No you can't You can't be full of apathy God doesn't like that. That's not Christ-like. 
that's not part of the character and nature of Jesus Christ. It's just not. And so because we are followers of our Heavenly Father, we can't be apathetic either. See, apathy means you don't really have that much interest to begin with. You're kind of unconcerned and indifferent, and you don't have any real true feeling toward it either. You're just sort of, you know, drifting along. No. It's got to matter to you. It's got to really matter to you. Can't be well, Lord, you know. I broke my toenail, and I guess, I guess maybe... I need you to heal it. No, it can't be like that. <laughs> that will not work. Okay? It, it just won't work. It will not work. Those who have no hunger for God's power to be released into their bodies won't receive it either. You see... Your very faith, your hunger and thirst for God to move, draws him to you. Draws him to you. If you come with this lackadaisical attitude, don't expect anything from God too much because you didn't bring anything to the party. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Didn't say everybody. It's the ones that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Amen? That's the one. John chapter 6. Verse 35, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So if you hunger for him and you believe on him, your needs will be met. See, we must actively advance in our faith. We must have a hunger and thirst for the things of the spirit. Some people are so carnally minded, they don't bother to pay God much attention. Amen. Fifthly, we must be steadfast and fully persuaded of the promises of God. And I do mean fully persuaded. A double-minded saint is shifting from day to day. Today God will heal them But tomorrow, when they have a pain, maybe God doesn't really want to heal them. Let not this saint 
think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Romans chapter 4, verse 21. Romans chapter 4, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, saints, you've got to believe that God can do what he says he can do. you got to believe it. You have to believe it. Nobody can make you believe it. In this passage, Abraham took a position of faith. I'll go back to verse 20. He staggered. He did not waver. He staggered not. He wavered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't waver back and forth. He didn't vacillate back and forth through doubt, fear, and unbelief. He did not. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. He decided he was going whole hog with God. He was going all the way. He wasn't going halfway, three-quarters of the way, seven-eighths of the way. He's going all the way across the the finish line. God's really going to do what he said he's going to do, and that's what I believe. And some people aren't there yet. Well, don't give up. It's available for you too. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Let everyone be fully persuaded in his own mind. I can't get in your head. I can't get in your heart. And push a button, and then you're in faith. It just doesn't work like that. You have to be fully persuaded in your own heart and mind. You have to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant. He keeps his promises. He keeps his agreement and mercy 
with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Speaking to his own people, God says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We're still working on that premise, turning from our wicked ways. Starting March 20th, we're going to turn from some more. Amen? Yes, we are in Jesus' name. Remember, saints, healing is a process. Keep following God's process for you. God often gives individual instruction. Individual instruction. God gives instructions for a breakthrough. He gives spiritual instructions and natural direction. Spiritual instructions and natural direction. Whether or not God chooses to use the medical community is at his discretion, not your insistence. Amen. It's at his discretion. If he wants to send you to the medical community, then you go to the medical community in faith, following his direction. If he decides not, then not for you. God is calling the shots, not you. He is the sovereign Lord. When the Lord gives instructions, follow them to the letter. That's right. It's time for you to pull out your obedience and blow the dust off of it and get to moving. Amen. You may not always just do what someone else did and expect the same result. Well, there was a lady down the street, and she had a problem so similar to yours. And what she did was thus and so and thus and so. What you figure is if you go do what she did, you're going to get the results she says she got. That's not necessarily so. Mm-hmm. That's the way that works, Saint. Instructions are individual. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Simply because he allowed another saint to use a certain pathway does not mean that he will heal you the exact same way. You must carefully guard your attitude and the words which proceed from your mouth. You must not 
speak against the word of God. Don't judge others. Simply because you had a similar issue and the Lord healed you in four days does not give you room to judge anyone or their level of faith. Stay in your own lane. Simply agree with them for the Lord to heal them. Saints, if we expect to be healed, we must put away all anger, all grudges, all bitternesses, and all unforgiveness, even with ourselves. There are no exceptions to this command. No, not one. Yes, you will learn to rein your temper in, forgive, and cast your care on the Lord. You must determine how badly you desire to be healed. Are you truthfully willing to do whatever God requires to receive your healing? Only you know the answer for that. You decide. You decide about that. Psalm 37, beginning with verse 8. Psalm 37, beginning with verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. So don't waste your time getting angry. And don't get real heated and super mad. It's not going to help. It's not going to promote your healing. In fact, it will hinder it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I guess you're going to have to control your mouth. I guess you're going to have to choose not to be so offended. Amen. It's so. God is real. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. So I guess if you want to be healed, you be slow to anger. Mm-hmm. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Well, I guess you're not going to get all in a huff if you want to be healed. Amen? 
You're going to take authority, dominion, and power over your own emotions and your own spirit, like we talked about before. You're going to rein that thing in. It's not going to just flare up and go everywhere it wants to go, say everything it wants to say, fume everything it wants to fume. That's just not going to happen. Amen? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. Amen? That's what God said. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a wise man restrains his anger, and overlooks insult. A wise person restrains their anger, overlooks insult, and God blesses them for it. Amen? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 2. The fear of a king is as the roaring of a lion. Think about how it feels when a lion roars. Whoso provoketh him to anger sinneth against his own soul. Amen? Sinneth against his own soul. So let's not stir up fury in other people. You know, you needle around and you poke around and you know what to say to really get on somebody's last nerve. And you're decided you didn't like what they said to you, so you're going to hit that nerve. That's not wisdom. Amen. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 4. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. That's what the Bible says. It's right there. But who is able to stand before envy? So, okay. You're not going to be flaunting your envies and your jealousies everywhere either, are you, if you want to be healed? Because it's actually more dangerous and cruel than anger. Amen. That's what the Bible says. God's not happy. You shouldn't be happy with it either. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Don't be such a hothead. Every little thing somebody says to you, your back is up, your nose is in the air, and you're just, no, that's not Jesus Christ. That's not Christ in you, the hope of glory. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and all wrath and all anger and all clamor. What's clamor? Complaining and yang, 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 And you know how that goes. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And he means it. You want to be healed? You're going to line up with this scripture. So you may as well put your name right there at the end of verse 31. Hello, praise the Lord. It's a great day in the kingdom. It's a great day in the kingdom. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 21. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 21. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. Amen. Praise the Lord. Repentance is good. Amen. Romans chapter 3, verse 14. Romans chapter 3, verse 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Not if you want to be healed, dear. Not if you believe in God to be healed. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. How so? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, even if they just cut you off in traffic, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Selah. Think about that. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Plain enough? Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 6. Beginning with verse 14, Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Amen? Praise the Lord, saints. That's the word that the Lord has.
for you. Amen? That's the word that the Lord has for us tonight. And I know that there will be those that are going to uh, recast. Well, that's good. Get the word in your heart. It will be easier to obey. Amen? Amen. Brother Bill. Praise the Lord, Pastor Sabrina. Praise the Lord. I like that last scripture a lot. Dr. Pat, one day when she was praying for me, said I had a lot of inflammation and pain in my hands. And I said, I sure do. It was carpal tunnel and arthritis. And she told me I hadn't forgiven my real dad. When I forgave him, Jesus instantly healed me. It will block your healing, saints. You've got to forgive every time somebody does something nasty to you. And I just give you praise, honor, and glory. I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. I give you praise for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And now we have some wonderful praise reports. Let's start with them. Let's see. Let's start with Dina. Praise the Lord. His his body cleansing work in me and bringing forth areas in my life I needed to improve. Thou, thank you for the deliverance and taking me through the scriptures. Thank you for the correction and encouragement through your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We just praise you for that, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We have another praise report from Dina. Thank you, Lord, for not only taking me through your word, but letting me hear your voice in my spirit. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Trish has a praise report. During last night's opening broadcast prayer, I received deliverance and healing and felt so much better mentally and physically. My blood pressure had been up and elevated now it's down and so much better praise you lord simon has a praise report god has blessed me this month some rewards at work that i never expected glory to god in the highest lord jesus christ is king praise you lord jesus dina has a praise report the lord has been working on me on my thought life and he kept confirming his word this past week with Philippians 4 8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things and praise be to God. That's one of the first scriptures said in pastor's opening prayer today, and I thank you, God. It is good and worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Praise you, Lord. That's a wonderful testimony. Dana has a praise report. My dog was having tummy trouble again, so I anointed and prayed over him, and God immediately healed him. Thank you, Jesus, for being so awesome. Praise you. Praise your holy name. Grace has a praise report. My mom, my sisters, and I visited the the local church Sunday. It was an amazing word from the throne of God with fire. Revealing, destroying everything that's not a him. Praise the Lord. I love the leaders of this ministry, Pastor Sabrina, assistant, 
Pastor Bill and Brother Marshall for what they stand for is is the kingdom of God without compromise. This is the way it should be. After service, my mom and sisters and other saints as well, I receive healing, deliverance, and instructions of the Lord that will help us to overcome oppositions we have confronted in our lives as we follow the instructions of the Lord through Pastor Sabrina and Assistant Pastor Bill. I know that we will be victorious in our personal lives with much prayer and fasting, however, we must walk it, live it, speak it, and praise the Lord in the process. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. That is wonderful. Wonderful praise. N.K. praise at lunch today. A.K. began reciting Luke chapter 1. He was able to keep going up to line 53. He hardly had any ears. Thank you, Jesus, for filling his soul with your word. Thank you, MIC, for telling everyone to play the King James Version audio Bible constantly. May our children be Scripture. Praise you, Lord. DCH has a praise report. Thank you, Jesus, for supplying the funds so that I could purchase a new laptop since my old laptop quit working, and thus I continue listening to MIC teachings and continue evangelizing by email to other parts of the world. Amen. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Sharon has a praise report. Every year we have to replace the stovepipe in the middle of winter, but this springtime I will walked by them and asked the Lord to preserve the pipe. He did. I didn't have to replace any pipe at all. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Dina has, De- I'm sorry, Deborah has a praise report. I would, I won't, <coughs> excuse me, Lord, praise you, Lord. Again, I just won't praise Again, on the mighty works of God, the military base near our house, and he's he's still not able to run the machine since I prayed here at Exodus 13.25. The wheels would fall off and and drag heavily upon the ground. They started running all the time before, and since nothing, I give God the glory. There is none other God than him. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you for that. And M.E., as a praise report, we serve an amazing God. Praise, praise the Lord. I have relocated two misplaced items. And Dana has a praise report. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for deliverance, the recast on the message on invisible walls. I received a lot of deliverance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sharon had a praise report. She was talking about her husband. He came in with a bloody axe when I started reading the praise reports last Friday night. Erner dog came in, and they had a possum had attacked them out in the yard. But neither one of them had a scratch, but the possum didn't make it. I really like her husband. Thank you, Lord. I give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord Jesus. These are wonderful praise reports. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. Wow. 
Amen. Praise you, Father, for all those wonderful reports. You know, saints, it's encouraging to us when we hear your praise reports because we know that you're growing. It's important to us. You don't realize on the flip side, there are a lot of things that happen in the background that can be extremely discouraging. But all your little kind notes of encouragement, all of your praise reports, all of your testimonies, encourage us to keep going for the Lord. And what we are doing is actually making a difference in your lives. We want to thank you for that. Amen? We want to thank you. The enemy does everything he can possibly do to discourage us. But you have been faithful in praying for us and encouraging us, and that's a miracle to us. We just want to thank you for your consistency in your love and caregiving for us. We want to thank you for your thoughtfulness. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a middle school teacher in Kansas who has filed a lawsuit against her school district after being suspended for refusing to use trans-identified student preferred name and pronoun, because doing so would violate her religious beliefs. Pamela Rickard, a math teacher at Fort Valley Middle School, filed a suit last week against school officials in the U.S. District Court of Kansas. Defendants named in the lawsuit include USD 475 Gary School District Board members, Superintendent Reginald Eggleston, and Fort Riley Principal Kathleen Brennan. According to the lawsuit, Ricker was suspended in April 2021 for three days and given a written reprimand because she called a biologically female student by her legal name and used female pronouns. Neither the district nor the school had a formal policy regarding student preferred name and pronoun use at the time Ms. Rickard was suspended and reprimanded, stated the lawsuit. Instead, Ms. Rickard was suspended and reprimanded under generic school district policies related to bullying by staff, diversion and inclusion, and staff-student relations prohibiting harassment and bullying of students by staff. The lawsuit further states that Rickard is a Christian who holds sincere religious beliefs consistent with the traditional Christian and biblical understanding of the human person and biological sex. Any policy that requires Ms. Rickard to refer to a student by a gendered non-binary or plural pronoun, example, he, him, she, her, they, them, I don't know what that other thing is, or salutation, Mr., Ms., Ms., or other gendered language that is different from the student's biological sex actively violates Ms. Rickard's religious beliefs, continued the lawsuit. The complaint noted that the school board denied Rickard's request for a specific accommodation and policy that would allow her to continue to address students by their names but refrained from using 
preferred pronouns or other gender-specific language for a student when such pronouns or language were different from the student's um, biological sex. Additionally, the board adopted a new policy requiring teachers to refer to each student both in and out of class using whatever names or pronouns the student claims reflect his or her particular gender identity on a given day. So they could be one thing one day and something else the next, okay? The district and the defendants now threaten to punish Ms. Rickard again if she continues to refrain from using a student's preferred pronouns, express her views through silence or neutral language, or even engage in a neutral policy of referring to students by their enrolled last name or with other gender-neutral language, the legal document added. Will Rapp of the Kansas chapter of the LGBT advocacy group, GLSEN, told CNN that he considers Richard's actions to be harmful to trans-identified youth. This incident isn't an isolated issue. According to the GLSEN research, more than 40% of transgendered students in Kansas report being unable to use their chosen names and correct pronouns in school, Rapp said. When educators expressed this kind of anti-LGBTQ sentiment, it sends a message that school is not a safe place and many LGBTQ youth and especially transgender youth feel unable to approach trusted educators for support. Mm-hmm. My goodness, then what was I supposed to do when people called me nigger when I was in elementary school? What was I supposed to do then? They don't want to address that. Uh-huh, moving on. Rap argues that educators must be held accountable for creating a safe and affirming environment for all students, regardless of gender identity. In recent years, there has been considerable debate over the extent to which schools can require teachers and other employees to use students' preferred names and pronouns. Last year, Loudoun County Public Schools in Northern Virginia garnered national headlines when the Washington, D.C. area school district suspended elementary school teacher Byron Tanner Cross for speaking out against a policy, a proposed policy, requiring teachers to use trans-identified students' preferred names and pronouns. Uh-huh. Well, nobody ever gave me a preferred pronoun. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the George Barna-led Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University released the first report of its American Worldwide Inventory 2022 Tuesday, which analyzed the worldview dilemma of American parents. The report was based on a survey of 600 American parents with children younger than 13 conducted in January. The respondents were asked several dozen worldview-related questions that measure both beliefs and behavior within eight categories of worldview application. While 67% of parents with children younger than 13 identified as Christians, just 2% of those surveyed subscribed to a biblical worldview as defined by the researchers. 
According to the report, a biblical worldview emerges from accepting the Bible as a relevant and authoritative guide for life, authoritative guide for life. Among the two-thirds of parents who identify as Christians, just 4% of them possess a biblical worldview. A parent's primary responsibility is to prepare a child for the life God intends for that child. Barner, the director of research at the Cultural Research Center, said in a statement, a crucial element in nurturing is helping the child develop a biblical worldview, the filter that causes a person to make their choices in harmony with biblical teachings and principles. According to Barna, who founded the prominent evangelical research firm Barna Group, the research confirms that very few parents have the worldview development of their children on their radar. The typical American parent is either fully unaware that there is a worldview development process or they are aware that their child is developing a worldview, but they do not take responsibility for a role in the process, he said. Every parent teaches what they know and models what they believe. They can only give what they have, and what they have to give reflects their driving beliefs about life and spirituality. Barna warned that parents are both a primary influence and a gatekeeper to other influences on their children. Although some parents are aware the child's worldview is being developed, Barna said, they may choose or allow outsiders to accomplish that duty on the parent's behalf. Shockingly, few parents intentionally speak to their children about beliefs and behavior based upon a biblical worldview, Barna says. Perhaps the most powerful worldview lesson parents provide is through their own behavior. Yet our studies consistently indicate that parental choices generally do not reflect biblical principles or intentionally Christian approach or an intentionally Christian approach to life. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the Pennsylvania Women's Health Caucus took time Thursday to acknowledge Abortion Provider Appreciation Day, a national movement. State Senators Judy, whatever her last name is, and Amanda Capelletti, whatever, along with Representative Morgan Cephas and Representative Mary Jo Daly, all Democrats, released a joint statement thanking abortion providers for their services. We would like to take the opportunity to thank abortion providers across Pennsylvania as they continue to provide vital health care services in the face of these unprecedented attacks on the right to choose and under the additional pressures caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, the statement read. While we are facing attacks on abortion access at every level and in every shape and form, anti-abortion legislators can imagine, it is crucial that we uplift abortion providers for their services. We would like to take the opportunity to thank abortion providers across Pennsylvania as they continue to provide vital 
Uh, I just read that line. Okay, whatever. Services in the face of these unprecedented attacks on the right to choose and under additional pressures caused by the COVID pandemic. Okay. While we're facing in every shape, form, mm-hmm, it's crucial that we uplift, and we did that already. All right, join us, there it is, in thanking abortion providers across the nation today. The 52-member Democratic Women's Health Caucus of the Pennsylvania Legislature has a strong pro-abortion stance. Abortion Provider Appreciation Day was launched in 2017 by the Abortion Care Network, which has social media memes on its website with slogans such as, to provide abortion care is to believe in the future. Other slogans printed on colorful graphics mimicking tarot cards encourage abortion workers by saying their work provides magic, love, strength, justice, hope, and liberation. It is a sad day when people celebrate abortion, which is the taking of an innocent, unrepeatable life and leave the woman to grieve the child. Maria Gallagher legislative director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Foundation said, pregnant women deserve compassion and care, not a cold-hearted offer to abort their offspring. Safeguarding women's health means offering them a life-affirming options which protect both their health and the lives of their babies. Abortions in the state were up by 3.5% in 2020 compared with the previous year. The Pennsylvania Department of Health reported 32,123 abortions in 2020, the most recent year available. It is 1,105 more than 2029. The increase coincides with the height of the COVID-19 lockdowns that began in 2020. That year, as part of his COVID-19 response, Governor Tom Wolf issued a moratorium on elective surgeries and other medical procedures but abortion clinics were allowed to remain open. Mm-hmm. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the largest school district in the United States and its reinstating two books of its high school libraries after a review into concerns raised by a mother that they contain pornography with graphic descriptions of sex acts between men and boys. Two committees that reviewed and assessed Lawn Boy and Gender Queen have unanimously recommended that they remain in public school libraries as diverse reading material for students with underrepresented identities, Fairfax County Public Schools in Virginia has announced. I'm glad that the book has been reinstated, where I hope it will continue to inspire and comfort young adult readers who have been marginalized economically, racially, or by virtue of their sexual identification so that these young people might find their rightful place within the large culture. The Washington Post quoted the author of, which book was that? Of of Gender Queer as saying in response to the school district's decision, Stacey Langton, the parent of a student in the Fairfax Public Schools, who confronted the school board about 
the content being accessible to a juvenile audience, said she will appeal the decision in the school system. She added that her complaint wasn't aimed at the LGBT characters in the book, as her mother was a lesbian, according to the Post. It's never about that. She was quoted as saying, I'm not looking to remove the LGBTQ book collection as a whole. At a school board meeting in September, Langton had read aloud sexually explicit material and shared graphic images featured in the two books. After seeing a September 9th school board meeting in Texas on pornography in the schools, I decided to check the titles at my child's school, Fairfax High School, she said during the meeting. Langton held up the two books singled out at the Texas school board meeting that are also available in several several public high schools in Fairfax County. She said that both of these books include pedophilia and sex between men and boys, she added. Both books describe different acts. One book describes a fourth-grade boy performing oral sex on an adult male. The other book has detailed illustrations of a man having sex with a boy. The illustrations include fellatio, sex toys, masturbation, and violent nudity. Langton read aloud from Queer, what was the name of that book? Queer, Gender Queer. And I can't continue to read this, so you'll have to read it because it's there posted for you to read. Amen? And then she said, as Langston asserted that the book's inclusion was not an oversight at Fairfax High School. So you may read the parts that I omitted. And as she stated that it was not an oversight at Fairfax High School, the school board member interrupted her and said the book's content wasn't appropriate for public reading at the school board meeting because there are children in the audience here. Langton, who didn't appreciate the members, the board members' interruption of her time to speak, added, do not interrupt my time. I will stand here until my time is restored and my time is finished. These books are in stock and available in libraries of Robinson, Langley, and Annadale High Schools. A school board member then suggested that teenagers' access to the books is okay because they're only available for high school students. However, the majority of high school students are younger than 18, which is the age of consent in Virginia. The sexual activities graphically described in the books between adults and children are a crime, C-R-I-M-E. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge, a parent concerning a parent advocacy group is slamming the largest school district in Virginia for administering a voluntary survey that asks students personal questions about their sex life. Fairfax County Public Schools, located just outside Washington, D.C., allows students in grades 8, 10, and 12 to participate in a youth survey, which includes a section probing the minors about their sex lives and gender identity. Specifically, students are asked if they ever had sexual intercourse? How old were you when they had sexual intercourse for the first time? How many people they had sexual intercourse with in their lives in the past three months? And if they used contraception, 
or took drugs or alcohol before engaging in such activity. Oh, Lord, if somebody tried to do that when I was growing up, my, I think my mother would have hung those folks. The section asking students questions about their sexual behavior concludes with an inquiry about whether or not they had oral sex. The survey also includes a question noting that some people describe themselves as transgender when their sex at birth does not match the way they think or feel about their gender. The survey asks the respondent if they identify as transgender. Another question at the beginning of the survey asks students to identify their sexual orientation. Fairfax County Public Public Schools cites the surveys as necessary for determining the effectiveness of prevention and intervention programs. The county's school board administers the surveys in conjunction with the Board of Supervisors, which describe the purpose of the questionnaire as to examine the risks, protective factors, and health behaviors that influence the health and well-being of our county's youth. Students are asked not to put their names on the surveys as the answers are confidential. While the school district has defended the survey, a parent's advocacy group contends that the questions are irrelevant to the school district's educational mission. The advocacy group Do Better FCPS was formed in response to the disapproval of the district's actions during the coronavirus pandemic and seeks to increase its perceived lack of accountability, transparency, excellence in leadership, and focus on a high-caliber education. How exactly does knowing how many sexual partners a student has improved your ability to educate, the group asked in a Twitter post. In an October letter to parents, Superintendent of School Scott Braybrand, parents have the right to preview the survey and deny permission for your child to participate. If a student is uncomfortable with any question on the survey, the student does not have to answer that question or may elect to discontinue the survey he assured. Students whose parents deny permission for them to complete the survey will be given an alternative assignment to work on while the other students complete the survey electronically at some time during the school hours. While students in sixth grade will also participate in a youth survey, they will fill out a shorter questionnaire that does not include questions about sexual activity and sexual orientation. In a statement of Fairfax County's spokesperson assured that the survey is voluntary and anonymous, really. The current survey questions were selected from nationally recognized surveys that follow rigorous testing and validation procedures, the statement reads. The survey is an important tool to assess youth needs and strengths, develop program monitor trends, and measure countywide outcomes and guide countywide planning of prevention efforts. Fairfax County is not the only school district in Virginia administering this survey, as Prince William County Public Schools has also confirmed that it administers the survey. The Virginia Department of Health told the local news outlet that schools are randomly selected for participation. A Fairfax County spokesperson said the survey has been administered annually since 2009, but was not administered in 2020 because of the COVID pandemic. 
As Do Better FCPS stated in a tweet, Fairfax County has published the results of previous years of survey by race to every single question. The tweet was accompanied by a screenshot of a report illustrating the results of previous versions of the youth survey conducted from 2015 to 2019. The results were broken down by grade level, race, F and gender. And so that's what's going on in the world today. Amen? That's what's going on in the world today. So we're going to go before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Amen? Brother Marshall? I believe the Lord wants to hear from us. Help us, Father. <clears throat> you can hear from me right now. Is that right? Let me make sure I've got yes, the right phone. Yes, I can phone. hear you. Okay, yeah, I can hear Thank you. Well, I know the Lord can hear me, but I want to make sure you could too. So thank you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to be connected to one another, even with electronics. But, Father God, we thank you much more for your very present help in times of need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You had power to lay down your life and power to take it up again. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you ever live to make intercession for each of us and you're able to save us to the uttermost. And Father God, you've heard these reports. You've heard what Dr. Sabrina read. And so you're willing to answer even before we ask. But we do ask for your intervention and adjudication, Father God. The most high rule in the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he will. And we ask you to give, ask for your divine intervention, adjudication in every one of these situations, Father God, and grant the people involved, the people, the school districts, all the various people involved, including the parents, every gift they need by your good spirit, Father. We know that it is written in your word that God our Savior will have all men to be saved, that is to be so-so, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We know that's your will because you say so in First Timothy 2, uh, three and four, God our Savior will have all men to be saved. And that's why you sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. And we're coming before your throne of grace because of the blood of the covenant, not because of my righteousness. But as Brother Bill put in the chat room, even as Pat Holiday realized, the only way any of us are righteous is because Jesus paid the price to wash away our sins as we turn from them, as we repent. So, Father God, we thank you. We don't take it for granted, Father God. And we thank you for increasing faith and the privilege of hearing your word as we've been often privileged to be washed in the water of the word even tonight. But, Father, and we think of the upcoming fast because we know, Father God, that when when the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast out this uh, dumb and deaf spirit? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. So it wasn't the dumb and deaf spirit that was the problem that they needed to fast. It was because the disciples needed to do a little bit of fasting. This kind only cometh out but by prayer and fasting. So we think of the opportunities, even with the scripture we're given to, to meditate on from, where is that, in Jude, um, verse 20, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Father, we thank you for the privilege of building ourselves up on the most holy faith because of the blood of the covenant. And even though I've been challenged, and all of us have been challenged, and Father God, this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. 
even as Father Abraham's nephew Lot was struggling in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he was grieved just like some of the teachers have been grieved by the nonsense, Father God, of all these things, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we do ask for your adjudication from the righteous judge concerning this nonsense that's going on, Father God. Even in Kansas, Father God, they filed a lawsuit. And this teacher, Mrs. Rickard, or Ms. Rickard, whatever, have to be careful with my pronouns, is that right? <laughs> Lord, you know everything. All things are naked and open to the eyes with whom we have to do. And our battle is not against people. And that's so, so very important. You told us weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to point down the strongholds. And we don't do it. You do it. Jesus said, apart from the Father, he could do nothing. And Jesus says, apart from you, Jesus said, apart from you, King Jesus, we can do nothing. You're the vine, and we're your branches, and we have to remain connected to you. We need to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil. And then what happens? Oh, then the devil has to flee from us. Why does he flee from us? Because he's an absolute terror. Why would he be scared of like a person like Pat Hodge? She was just a little old lady, right, in the natural. But the man came against her with a shotgun. He couldn't touch her because she said, I bind you, said as a demon. And she, said, no, she loved the man. She smiled as a human being. Because she made a distinction between the spirits. Help us all to make a distinction between the human beings created in the image of God and the demons that are operating through them. And Father, we ask for your divine help, Father. Because we can't change anyone, but you can change everyone, Father God. You even named Cyrus. His name before he was born, apparently. But he didn't even really know you, but you knew everything about him. You know all the fowls of the mountain, all those in leadership, Father God, all those people, all those foul spirits, Father God, that are operating through people in high positions, Father God, not just at the, whatever this was, the uh, Fort Riley Middle School, in Jesus' name. Father God, and you're not the author of confusion, but of peace and all the churches of the saints. So, Father God, we know there's been a concerted attempt by the demons, because devil knows his time is really, really short. And he cannot repent. He's very proud, and he's a very angry creature. He's not, he's called the God of this world, but he's not the creator God. There's only one creator God, but he's called the God of this world. And the word God, from what I heard from one pastor God has said, I don't know, I haven't gone to look it up, so forgive me, saints, if, I'm, if I haven't checked it out myself. But he said the word God means magistrate, somebody who's in authority. Now, there's only one absolute authority, because Father God gave Jesus all power in heaven and earth. And Jesus said that he has all power in heaven and earth in Matthew 28:18, And he's the Lord of lords and King of kings. So, Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace to ask you to help Miss Rickard and all those who she describes herself as a Christian. Of course, some of these people that... The people from Barnum describe themselves as a Christian. They don't seem to know. A lot of people that describe themselves as Christian, even my natural father, he thought he was a Christian. Did he read the Bible? If he did, he did it very secretly. He never read it to me. Did he go to church? When I got married, I saw him in the church. But he didn't even want to go there. For a, he didn't even want a memorial service after he passed. Whether he was a Christian or not, I don't know where he is right now, Father. You know everything about him. You know all these people who think they're Christians, Father God. 
what is your definition? I heard of one pastor say he never wanted to be called a Christian, he wanted to be called a believer. Because <laughs> so many people are called, they're called Christians are doing things that are not exactly what the Lord Jesus would be pleased with as described in the Holy, Holy Scriptures, Father, in Jesus' name. So, Father, help each of us. Help us to honor our parents, the human beings, but to bind the demons. Just like Pat Holiday honored her husband, but if he got upset and was angry, she'd go into their prayer closet, bathroom, wherever it was, and she would bind the demons that were manifesting in him, and then she'd come out, and she'd just love him, the human being, and she would bind the demons. So, Father God, we come boldly before your throne of grace, and we thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus. And he withheld not his own son, but gave him up for us all. Hashem also with him also freely give us all things. So, Father, we ask by the power of your Spirit that you help us to know how to pray and hold every thought captive and subject to the completed beings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I commit my works unto you, Lord, and my thoughts shall be established by your good Spirit, Father. Jesus, you have power to lay down your life and power to take it up again. Think of the proofs of drink into one Spirit with you, Lord. From our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we command there be no further flow of power. Communication from all those demons in the second heavens, the bush and the deep, to all those we have, all and will intercede for, including those in positions of authority at that school in the Fort Riley Middle School in Kansas, in Jesus' name. And all those people in authority in these different schools and different places where they're pushing all sorts of things that are not exactly, things that may be more pleasing to Sodom and Gomorrah rather than pleasing to the living God who created all of us. Because he told all of us to be fruitful and multiply, but God doesn't want human beings to multiply. He has a different, the God of this world, that is the, the one who the one who fell from, from heaven, was kicked out of heaven, Lucifer called Satan. He doesn't want people to multiply. He wants people to be um, just playing around and entertaining the lust of the flesh and not pleasing God. He wants people to be confused. He wants people to go to H-E-L-L, where it's very, very unpleasant. They're not going to have any beer parties down there. In fact, there's nothing to drink. If you look in Luke, where it talks about that, it's not just a little example. It's actually the fact there's nothing to drink down there. Where's that? But that's true. The Word of God is true. So, Father God, we ask for your intervention and adjudication. Satan, you and all your underlings are perpetually bound in Jesus' name. It says in the Word, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. From our position in Jesus Christ on of Nazareth on earth, you, Satan, and all your underlings are bound from our position in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. From the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And according to the end of Psalm 91, because he set his love upon me, we do love you, Father God. We love you, King Jesus. Love you, Holy Ghost. Because he's set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I'll set him on high because he hath known my name. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Satan, you're bound. All your underlings are bound. Every spirit of perversion is bound. Leviathan is bound. Kundalini is bound. Every spirit of mass insanity is bound. Every spirit of perversion. Every spirit of confusion. Every spirit of cut of Every spirit behind. Cut out the book going to get there. Ungodly order in the home. Every spirit of bowing the knee to false gods. Every spirit of idolatry is bound. Every type of idolatry is bound in Jesus' name. Not just bound down to statues. Bound down to worship anything. But my pastor said, the doctor said, my teacher said, the professor said, every spirit of idolatry is bound and gagged. The president said, who? What president? Cut up a set of a quote there. All ungodly spirits are perpetually, continually bound. Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my Savior, our Savior, our healer, our deliverer, to leave alone and nothing further to do with all the children and all those who have interceded for. 
in Jesus' name, and including the children of the people who think they're Christians, and the children cut up a not only at the Fort Raleigh Middle School, cut in Kansas, but all the children cut up a And every one of these these areas that Dr. Sabrina just read about, including in Fairfax County, Virginia, all the children cut up a and all the homes that were interviewed by the parents cut of the parents by the George Barna uh, Cultural Center in Arizona, cut up at the Arizona Christian University. We, all these ungodly spirits trying to manifest through the spirits of confusion to the people who think they're Christians are bound. Every spirit of confusion is bound. Every spirit of insanity is bound. Every spirit of idolatry, every spirit of worshiping kind of computer games, bowing the knee to worshiping kind of electronic gadgets, every spirit of, kind of worshiping kind of, sort of like that, false science, that evidence of science falsely so-called are bound in Jesus' name. All spirits behind kind of a calling evil good and good evil, every ungodly spirit is bound, including people trying to stroke uh, the, the uh, consciences of those that are performing abortions and telling them they're doing a good service to the women. What kind of a good service are they doing? We thank you for Maria Gallagher, Legislature Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and we thank you, Father God, for people like her that are standing up for the truth. We thank you, Father God, for the teachers that are willing to say no. Father, God, stating you and all your underlings around, including those affecting all those different people in the Pennsylvania legislature, Governor Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania, and all the other governors and all those other people in any kind of position of authority at the schools, the universities, kind of the public schools, the private schools, kind of the daycare centers, the nursery schools, and every other area, every ungodly spirit. A perversion is bound. The people that are pushing, oh, you need to read this lovely book about how to become a witch or whatever from Harry Potter instead of the Holy Scriptures in the King James Version. Every spirit of confusion is bound. Every spirit of calling, calling evil good and good evil are bound in Jesus' name but from our positions seated in heavenly places. And Satan, we command you to leave each and every one of these people alone. And everyone was interceded for alone from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We command you to take every demon of doubt and belief away from all those people who think they're Christians and that are coming into the body of Christ. All the backsliders, including the family members of every believer, all the descendants of every believer, not just cut about that book. Sabrina Sessions' grandmother's descendants, not just my many great grandfather Jacques Pro's descendants, all the descendants of every believer, including Noah, who built the ark, and his descendants, which covers every true human being, and not the people that are maybe have whatever, other things in them that have changed them. I don't know if they're still human beings or not human beings. <laughs> you know, Lord, I don't know. But Satan, you're bound. Every spirit put, put, be, behind transhumanism is also bound in Jesus. And every spirit of confusion is bound. Every spirit of perversion is bound. Trying to push demonic, sexually perverse books for high school students and all the perversion from the Fairfax County School and other, other, all these other areas in Virginia and all the other school districts across the country in Jesus' name and all the spirits of pushing pedophilia are bound, trying to authorize and make it, oh, it's not a bad thing. All the spirits from confusion, every spirit of perversion, every demonic and dark spirit that was manifested in Sodom and Gomorrah that seems to be showing up not just in the United States. Many other countries, maybe not in Russia so much, <laughs> praise God, but many other Western nations, every spirit of perversion, are perpetually, continually bound. Even the perverse spirits seeking to kill, steal, and destroy in Russia and every other nation are bound, not just in 
and coming against all the relatives of every believer, every ungodly spirit seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, coming against all the people, all the relatives of every believer, all the descendants of every believer, all the family members of every believer are bound. It is written, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved in your household. The word there, saved is sozo. Saved, healed, delivered, preserved, and made whole. That's the original Greek is sozo. And it means not just saved, going to heaven. Praise God for that. But saved, healed, and not just necessarily physically. How about emotionally healed? Father, deliver the children. Yes, saving you perpetually. And all of those children that have been attacked emotionally with the forced wearing a mask, even some children having masks taped or, or tied to their faces, Every ungodly spirit of ungodly control, ungodly, every spirit of demonic, ungodly control, every witchcraft curse returned on the demons sent in due to those demons what they intend to do to us from every source in Jesus' name. Every spirit of sorcery is bound, whether it's coming from the Vatican or any other place. Every spirit of sorcery is bound and all returned on the heads of the demons sending them to do to them what they intend to do to all those who have interceded for and not in every one of these school districts and every one of these areas and not just in Pennsylvania and not just in Virginia and not just in Kansas, every state, every area, not just the United States, but every area in Jesus' name, including in Canada. Canada is a lot further along than the United States in some areas. We thank you, Father God, for the great awakening you started up there as you're waking up the sleeping giant, Father God. Many, many people up in Canada that, that stood up for the simple right have liberty over fear. The true liberty that you give, because the God-given liberty is awesome. You give us the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Father God, we bind every one of these spirits that is contrary to your God-given life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In Jesus' name, we bind every one of these ungodly spirits trying to cause people to be Oh, if you don't go along with the LGBTQ community, oh, my goodness. Oh, you could be just locked up. You could be treated like all those spirits of, of ungodly fear are bound. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. We've not received the spirit of bondage. The spirit of bondage to fear is bound in Jesus' name because of the bloody covenant. We cancel assignment to all the children. All those children have not been able to see those little children that growing up had to wear a mask in kindergarten and preschool. They got, did not get to see what, what a smile looks like, what a frown looks like, what, what a kind of... Father, all those ungodly spirits coming against, all, trying to control the children, even the, even the children in the sixth grade, given a shorter question, a, a youth survey, every spirit behind these surveys to say, well, oh, gee, if my teacher wants me to look at this information, it must be important. Oh, my goodness, because the teacher knows better than I do, and I have to give them the answer so I can get a good grade because my parents want me to get a good grade. But do the mommy and daddy know what the teachers are asking them to do? Father God, we ask you to expose everything that's being done, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for doing so. You said, ask and you shall receive. And it's written repeatedly. Jesus said, not once. But many, many places. And it says in Luke 8, 17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. So, Father, we thank you, Father God, that a lot of these things that have been going on in secret, not just Elaine Maxwell, not just the stuff with the previous administrations, different in the current, possibly current administration, those connected and related, Father God, we thank you for bringing everything to light, not just in the federal government, 
in the state governments, not just with Tom Wolf, all the governors and all the people that did things that may not have been pleasing in the sight of the Most High God. Satan, you're bound or your underlings are perpetually bound in Jesus' name. We command you to take every ungodly spirit away from each and every one of these people within the state of including all the children. We command you to take every demon away that's blinding their eyes, hearts, and their minds from knowing, understanding, receiving the fullness of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth and his kingdom in Jesus' name. From We break all the power of them in heavens and bush and the deep from any power or flow of communication of the demons on earth to all those who have interceded for or will intercede for from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, even as it is written. In the name above all names, the name of the Lord Jesus has all power in heaven and earth, not just in this world, but the world to come in Jesus' name. Because Jesus says, the Word of God says in Ephesians 2, starting at verse 4, But God, what happened? You mean I was headed to hell? But God, but then I got to realize that Jesus shed his blood for me. But God, who is rich in mercy, we get to see your grace, get to see your mercy, get to look at the little red cup of juice. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, your name, Lord Jesus, that's the name above every name. The name above all names. And how much power do you have? Oh, it is written. What is the exceeding greatness of your power, Heavenly Father, to us who are to believe, according to the working of your mighty power in Ephesians 1.19, which you wrought, Father, in Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, when you raised him from the dead, because of the bloodly covenant, when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that was just to come. And thank you, Father, for putting all things under the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth's feet and giving him to be the head over all things to the church. The Pope's not the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The people behind the NWO... Is that the Nazi world order? The fascist world order? From the Klaus Schwab group and all those? We bind every one of those demons of ungodly control. <clears throat> every spirit of ungodly control is bound in Jesus' name. We cancel the assignments to all those who've interceded for in Jesus' name. Because the Lord says, and his word is forever settled in heaven. And his word says which is forever settled in heaven, and render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom, their reproach where would they have reproached thee, O Lord. And you said in your word in, in, in Matthew, I think it's twenty five forty, whatever you do to the least of these you've done unto me. And they're doing some pretty nasty things to the children, Lord. Whatever you do to the least of these you've done unto me. How about the least in the body of Christ? I'm just a gorgeous hunk of dust in the natural. It, but, but, Father, we thank you for the Spirit. God, I would thank you for filling us with your good spirit. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name. And your word is forever settled. Have you esteemed your word above all your name? And you said in your word, and there may be people who are hungry in this world right now physically, but there are also some people spiritually hungry. Lord, give those a hunger and a thirst for righteousness to truly wake up the sleeping giant. Pour forth of your spirit. But Father God, you said, if, if a man, if a man does, in uh, Proverbs six thirty, if, if men men do not despise a thief, if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He should give all the substance of his house. Father, we ask for your divine intervention, adjudication. All those trying to steal the child's 
youth from them, the child's innocence from them, that the people that are behind these demonic schemes, behind pedophilia and perversion and every other ungodly thing, we ask for divine help and intervention and adjudication, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for doing so, Father God. Some of those people, we have, we have Purim coming up. And what happened during Purim? That's when Esther realized that for such a time as this, she was here. She didn't want to have, to have her head cut off. But what did she do? She prayed and fasted for those that were with her in that city. And she came before the king because she knew it was for such a time. We're all here for such a time as this. For the king of kings, Lord of lords, it was find grace and sight. When Jesus extends the golden scepter and golden before us, Father, we get to touch the Father that we have to the Jewish people remember what happened to them when they were looking like they're just about to be wiped out by all the They